0: Hello everybody. You're listening to 99th and Maine, Anderson's favorite podcast. Welcome to the neighborhood. This is where the majority lives. In the studio with me tonight, as per usual, is my buddy Brad Cox, Jesse the Hurricane Hummercouse, Drew Cox, and our special guest this evening, Anderson's Mayor, the Honorable Tom Broderick. Good evening, Mr. Mayor. How are you doing? Well, Randy, it's great to be here. I'm doing great. Uh, how are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm just great, and I'm I'm, I'm really uh, glad that you're here with us tonight. We've been trying to get you on the show for a long time, but I know you're a busy guy. I've been banging on the door. He wouldn't let me in. let <laughs> for be
1: honest. I mean, he was here before I got here,
0: so he's excited. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about local issues tonight on the program, and... Uh, who better to give us the uh, insight in what's going on in Anderson, and there's a lot going on, than our uh, mayor. Mayor, I just want to congratulate you on your recent reelection, and you got more votes than any mayor, a bigger, bigger margin of victory than any mayor in four decades. That's what they tell me. And I told you, I told you the night that it happened, I said, when you do a good job, people notice. Well, I appreciate it, and, and uh,
2: it, it, it is great to, to to have the feeling that, that folks do uh, recognize what we're doing. Took a, te- a lot of teamwork from a lot of folks to, to bring it all together, but we all did work hard and work together. We always try to keep our eye on the ball, which, of course, was to make Anderson a, even a better place to live than it already is, and, uh, and it's nice to be appreciated, and that folks uh, really across the, the political spectrum recognize that, I and mean, it's very much appreciated.
0: Now, Mayor... Uh, why don't we start off the, with the program here and what you're gonna talk about. Can you give us a little overview of what's going on, what, what, what your plans are for the upcoming year? Just give the, the listeners a little overview of, of what, you, what your intentions are. Okay, well, uh, of course, you know, first off, it's, it's always important, people are always interested
2: in what the next big project will be, and we do have some on the horizon. Uh, but really, you have to keep in mind, that, you know, this is a community of 55, 56,000 people and uh, we have a you know our city is made up of about 630 640 employees 20 departments so there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of services uh, that we work every day to provide and bring to the folks and so we'll continue obviously on a daily basis to make sure that the the services folks pay for uh, that they receive those uh, in an efficient and timely manner and so we'll be working on that as far as larger projects of course we've had some real good success over the last four years with economic development about 340 million dollars investment dollars coming in about 1200 new jobs were created Uh, we'll continue to work on projects we think we'll be having an announcement here in the very near future on another company that's going to be coming uh, and we'll continue to work on those as we as we move forward Uh, i think it's really important that we continue to work on quality of life Uh, over the last four years we uh, were able to to go back into 18 of our parks and uh, revitalize those put new equipment new restrooms um, you know, new paving of trails and just a lot of things we did and we're looking at other major park improvements of course two of the big improvements we're going to be working on the next year or so uh, will be Maze Park uh, which is sort of set idle for a number of years and then Athletic Park which of course is sort of a, a blank canvas right now uh, you know it's not been used utilized much for years other than we have the annual powwow there uh, but beyond that it's just a, it's a large piece of land that's been underutilized so we're looking to, to do some real serious improvements there we're going to have a couple of public uh, meetings and hearings to allow the folks in the community to to give their their viewpoint of what they would like to see but right now uh, what we're envisioning is it, for athletic park uh certainly is going to be a, a an upscale uh, splash pad uh, with a lot of other amenities that both young folks and older folks can enjoy and go down there and especially since it's near the river and we think it'll be a, a really neat venue Mays park uh, which of course right now is still used as a skate park Uh, We'll continue to maintain the skate park assets, probably make that a little bit nicer than it already is, also looking at putting a a smaller uh, splash pad in there for the kids in the neighborhood there. Also uh, upgrade their basketball courts and then also do something with the, the tennis courts that are just really in bad shape. Uh, they can't be resurfaced anymore because they're so old and been resurfaced so many times. So we're gonna to demo those out and we're gonna put some uh, new amenities in there. And We're looking at a combination of possibly some some tennis, but also some maybe some pickleball, but also some other activities as well. It's gonna be a, a good place for people in the neighborhood who likes to do an assortment of things to come and hang out and um, it'll be a pretty big investment for us, but we've already got the money set aside. We, we had a bond uh, that was uh, getting ready to come due uh, at the end of last year. We were able to renew that, and uh, we were able to do it in a way that didn't uh, increase uh, the taxes at all on anybody. The amount of money that we, we paid on that bond to, to retire over the years will stay the same as it was before, so we already had that budgeted, and uh, so the good news is it really won't raise anybody's taxes, and at the same time we'll be able to have a really neat venue for folks
0: uh, in Anderson in general, but certainly in that neighborhood. Well, I like to hear you talking about that because for a long time in this community, people have been talking about uh, swimming pools or splash pads and, or this is some kind of some kind of water feature right. for, for the community. And we know that uh, different places like Daleville and Chesterfield have, have added those uh, kind of amenities to their communities. Right. And people have been asking for that here here in Anderson. And, and I'm glad to see that we're moving forward with that. Absolutely. Uh, Daleville's
2: got a, a really nice uh, place over there. They, they uh, put quite a bit of money into that. Of course, that's a very small community. Uh, they invested over four million dollars in that, and yet their community population is just a little over two thousand. But they they are wanting to use that as a as a way to grow that community. Uh, and they've already got some housing going on over there, and some other features. Come and of course they run. You know, you got State Road Thirty Two, got Sixty Seven, uh, got I Sixty Nine real close to there. So it's an area that has the potential to pop, and so they, they, their leaders are really trying to do some things to to make that happen. But I was very impressed with their facility. I met with some of their leaders a couple of years ago and talked to him about it visited the place two or three times and really was impressed with it and really wanted to sort of emulate some of that uh, in our community and we knew we had this bond issue come and do and and i kept looking at that thinking that would be a great place to to get some money to be able to do something similar
3: now mayor once a year you had this thing called the mayor's ball yes sir the proceeds and the profits of this mayor ball what what happens where's that money go to
2: well, uh, we, use it for, uh, we use it for schools, we use it for the teachers. Uh, what, what occurred uh, when I first came into office, there had been an annual mayor's ball for the last few years, but each mayor sort of picks what uh, he wants to do with that money. And in the past, uh, the most recent mayors had used it to generate some money for some uh, downtown beautification, flowers, that sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I really thought, what can we do with this that's maybe a little bit more substantive? And so we started looking at the the needs of the schools. Of course, the the schools are are overseen by the school board and and by their their, uh, uh, individual boards, as well as their superintendents. And the city itself doesn't have any direct involvement with it, uh, but we still wanna be part of a cheerleader for uh, schools and for kids and for teachers. And I thought one way we could do that is generate money uh, and then use that money. And we ended up putting it together where we, we hold it. And then we allow the teachers to make a grant application they make that application and then we have it uh, basically graded, if you will, uh, in the blind. No one knows who actually submitted the applications the way we do it. And we have three different individuals. This last year we had somebody from Anderson University, somebody from Ball State University, and then somebody from one of the community organizations. And then they grade it using a certain criteria. And then we review it, and make sure everything looks like it was done the way we want it to be. And then we go ahead and, and offer the grants up to the, to the folks. And you can get up to $2,000. Uh, per, per time of application. And this year we were able to give out 43 grants, totaling just a little over $50,000. And since the time we began this, which we began at the first year I was in office, so we had four years of that. And uh, it's, it's went up each year. I think the first year we raised uh, 27 dollars or $30,000. So you can see it went up quite a bit. Uh, over that period of time, we've uh, basically been able to give out right out about $170,000. And it's really exciting to go out to the school uh, to see the teachers to see the kids uh, they're really excited about it and they do really unique projects with it um, that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise and so it's really made a great impact i appreciated uh, a year and a half or so ago i was recognized by the superintendent and the school board and the community schools and they gave me a little award and thanked me for that, which was great, but I didn't do it for that reason. Of course, I did it because we want to make sure people can see the the good things that are going on in our schools because we really do have some really good schools here and we really have some good students and teachers.
0: Well, Mayor, can you stay with us? We're going to have Jesse do her forecast. We'd like to come back to you and ask you a couple more questions about what's going on in Anderson. Are you or can you stay with us here a few minutes? I'd be happy to stay. Absolutely. And, and now I'd like to introduce our, uh, my good friend over here, Jesse, the Hurricane <laughs> Humber Cows. Uh, Jesse, give us the weather forecast for the upcoming week. Yeah,
1: sure. So um, today we've seen you know, snow on and off and we're going to see that end overnight tonight. Uh, Mostly cloudy, going into tomorrow with a high of 33. A low of 24 going into Saturday with a slight chance of snow in the morning. Um, No accumulation on that though, with a high of 34 degrees on Saturday. Um, Once again, we'll see some spotty snow flurries on Sunday. Again, no accumulation with that. Um, And that will change over to rain um, as we get towards the afternoon hours with a high of 41. Uh, We'll see a low of 33 going into your Monday morning. Cloudy skies, but dry for Monday, high of 39, so a bit warmer. Tuesday, partly sunny skies, so a bit nicer on Tuesday with a high of 40. Uh, Wednesday next week will be our next chance for a little bit of rain. Um, that'll kind of be on and off throughout the day, spotty rain, high of 44 that day. And then next Thursday, we'll see mostly cloudy skies with a high of 45, so again, a little bit warmer.
0: So back with us uh, still on the program here is uh, Mayor Tom Broderick, and, and I did want to say one thing to the mayor when he took office the first time, he did something that, that kind of surprised me, and it's something that really made me feel like uh, his administration was going to be different than maybe uh, previous administrations had been, when he decided to retain Greg Winkler as a economic uh, development coordinator. And I don't think that ever happened before in Anderson, where an incoming mayor had, had kept uh, Uh, The previous uh, occupant of that office, they'd always replaced it. And I always looked at it like we were always going back to the the junk street. You know, we're starting all over again. And Mayor, has, has that continuity in that office helped us achieve some things here in Anderson that maybe we weren't achieving before?
2: Well, I, I think in our case it has. The, the, um, the situation in that was that when I, when I was elected, and I, of course, looked, as you do, if you get elected before you take office, of what the important things are that you really should be focusing on immediately, which you realize you're going to be the mayor. And it, 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 there was two or three areas that I absolutely, while they're all important, uh, there were two or three areas that I, I knew we had to, to, to really, you know, start strong and stay strong throughout. Um, one of them was Economic Development Department. Another, for example, would have been the controller's office. I really felt like we, we needed to make sure with your finances that we had a, a really good controller. And so I, I focused on a couple of those areas to, just to make sure that we were gonna you know, start strong, like I said, and finish strong. And uh, uh, Mr. Winkler had you know, me had somewhat proven himself with uh, the former administration. We obviously didn't agree on everything politically, so to speak. But from a business perspective, in terms of you know trying to get the job done on the community, we both had the, the same thoughts there. So I sat down with Greg, talked to him about it. We discussed among ourselves whether or not we felt like we would be able to work together. Um, he had been a you know a good supporter and loyal to the former mayor he had worked for. And, um, and I felt like after I talked to him that we would we'd give that a shot. And so we did. We started off with just a one-year contract at that time uh, with, with sort of an out-provision, if you will, for both of us. Um, but we worked together, you know, together well, and I really enjoyed working in economic development areas as well. So, so we kind of worked hand-in-hand uh, with the rest of his, rest of his staff. And uh, we had some successes, and then just one thing led to the other. And, and so uh, we continue to have a good, strong relationship in that regard. And uh, since that time, we renewed that contract a couple, three times. And then just most recently, at the very end of last year, which is, of course just a month or so ago, uh, we signed a four-year contract and uh, he, uh, uh, that was ratified by the Board of Works uh, just a couple of weeks ago now. And so um, I think so. I think it's important. I think continuity, that's one of the problems I think Anderson generally has had in the past, um, is, is this idea that they, I mean, we sort of hopscotch mayors. Uh, uh, you know, for about 16-year period of time. Uh, the last time we had a mayor serve back-to-back, back, of course, was when uh, J. Mark Lawler was mayor. And I think you lose something, because when I go to conferences and speak to other mayors, they'll talk about five- and ten-year plans and all that. Well, it's hard to have a five- and a ten-year plan when you have a four-year term. And that's uh, <laughs> just like the bus terminal. I mean, we've been working on that literally for four years, and uh, we, we're getting ready to actually get something going on that in about another month or so from now. But it takes a long time on some of these major projects, and um, and unless somebody's really making a, a silly mistake or something you just can't handle, I think voters are wise to try to stick with folks that are that are heading in the right direction. So long as that's going on, and so uh, same thing for the folks that, that work under me. If they're doing, uh, you know, credible jobs, then I think it's important to maybe keep that continuity. It is important to have folks that are loyal. It is important to have people that see your vision. But again, I felt like when I met with Mr. Winkler that he both saw the vision that I had for the city. And at the same time, he, he did pledge to me that if he worked for me, he would be loyal for me when he worked for me. Right? And he's proven to do that. That's excellent.
3: Now, Mayor... Um you got a thing that you call AMP training groups. Can you explain to the people what that is? Yes,
2: sir. About,
3: uh, about almost uh, two
2: years ago or so now, we started looking at what can we do to try to, to, to up the skill level, if you would, of, um, of the workers here in our community. All these new companies we're bringing in, I just talked about these 1,200 or some new jobs. A lot of these folks were looking for certain skills that not all of our local folks had. And yet we had a lot of people that wanted jobs, but we had people but we didn't seem to have all the skills to match up with the employers. So we met with the employers, we talked about what their needs were. And then we basically, there was, a, there was a program in Lafayette that was somewhat similar. And so we sort of modeled our program after their program. We made changes though, because again, we made them more unique to the various companies in our community. And then we started this program, which basically allows unemployed or underemployed to go through the program. It's a four week program. It's fairly intensive, uh, you can't miss, uh, you can't come late, you have to follow a lot of rules. Uh, you do get sounds paid. like a job. It sounds like a job. <laughs> and, and the idea is to make it like that. We want people to, to, that are going through it to understand that if you have a job, if your employer wants you to leave the cell phone outside, that's what they want you to do. They want you to be on time, that's what they want. They want you to be drug free. Um, they want you to, to listen and be able to learn, and of course, uh, then try to, to work as hard as you can while you're there at work. So we try to instill some of those so-called soft skills into people, but we also uh, teach uh, a lot of other things that go along with it. We've partnered with Purdue uh, Polytechnic, that's where we hold the classes. We've also partnered with Flagship, and also with uh, Job Source and, and these other companies. We now have 10, I think it's 10 or 12 companies that work with us. And we've just now started, just last week, we started our sixth class uh, last year, which was our full first year. We had, uh, uh, we had five graduating classes, about 71% of the folks that went through those classes still today, on the average, still have uh, the jobs that they were hired to do. And, they, and what this allows them to do, when they get through this class, they get a certificate from Purdue, but they also get an opportunity to have one-on-one interviews with these companies. So instead of sending a you know a resume out in you know out in, the, you know, out in the cyber world somewhere, you actually get a sit down with somebody, and they know you've been through training that teaches the things they're interested in, and so it's really been a, a real good matchup and that's one of the reasons why we've we've added these partners, uh, you know like Ntn, Ntk, Surmax uh, there's several of them, and uh, and it's worked out really well for everybody, and and uh, the folks that were, were underemployed. Our statistics are showing they're making about 40% more now than they were before. It's been a big success and, and definitely exceeded our expectations. So we're continuing to do it. Uh, again, we're in our sixth class right now. We ha- plan to have four or five this year. And if anybody is, is interested in that, they can call up to the Economic uh, Development Park Department and ask for Mark Slayton. And uh, he'll be happy to, to uh, provide you information. I'll get you that phone number in a few minutes.
3: Now, uh, when they go through this training, Tom, are they paid for this? Yes, sir, they are. They, we, we, uh, we pay $10 an hour uh,
2: for the time that the folks are, are in the training. And the reason we do that is because there are some of the folks that are, that are, uh, are employed, but maybe they're, they're in a $7, $8 uh, job. Maybe only 20, 25 hours a week but they can't afford to quit that job to take this training and if they do it means they may not be able to feed one of their kids or maybe pay a bill or whatever so what we try to do is help supplement that um, by by paying this ten dollars per hour the city of anderson uh, finances that through the the food and beverage tax we think it's a it's important thing to do
3: and this is a 40-hour work week
2: correct and and they get paid a 40-hour work week uh, for that four week period of time that number I was mentioned a minute ago. And again, the gentleman's name is Mark Slayton, and his number is seven six five six zero two two five eight two. And I know Mark would be happy to talk to anybody.
0: And those companies that you're working with that are hiring these people that are graduating from this program, they pay significantly more than ten dollars an hour. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That the, the
2: uh, we had uh, this isn't the ordinary, but we did have it occur where uh, an individual. Uh, his first job offer um with uh, one of those companies was $22 an hour. There you awesome. go. Yeah. See? Yeah, yeah. So it was a that was a pretty neat story. Um and um uh, but I would say on the average, uh and I, they do have that figure, I don't have it right in your handy, but I'm thinking somewhere between $14, $15 an hour, maybe a little bit higher.
0: Yeah, a guy going from making ten bucks an hour to making twenty-two bucks an hour—that's life-changing money. Yeah, well, and these jobs are—and these jobs have benefits. You know, they you know, of course they
2: bring with it insurance. They bring with it, you know, a 401k or some other type of benefit. Some of these companies have uh, health clinics that are inside the their buildings where you know you can, you can go up and get you know some uh, you know care, et cetera. Uh, and, and it's and it's also a stepping stone. And I and we tell people, I tell these these graduates because I've went to every graduation we've had. And I tell them that this isn't the end, this is the beginning. You know, this was an opportunity that that you might not have ever had. You've had it now, I mean, think about it. You're getting a little certificate from Purdue University, you know, and you're not paying for it. Somebody else is paying you to to earn it. But once you've earned it, when you go knock on the door of an employer, they're gonna look at that. And it has a value. But once you get through this class, and even if you get one of those job offers, don't stop there. You know, keep your education going, keep your learning and training going. And most of these companies want to elevate people from within. They, they, in other words, if you enter at the uh, entry level, They would love to see you go to mid management because they want somebody to stick with their company over the
0: long haul. So again, it's really been a win-win for everyone. So it opens a lot of doors even after they graduate, the 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 opportunities there to to do better than than just what when what you started out at. It really has. We've had we've had two
2: different organizations approach us about wanting to actually sort of take over the, the the program if you will because we've got it rolling now and they'd like to sort of make it their own but we we don't want it to get out of the hands of the, the community because it's serving the people of anderson in this immediate area
3: now, now, speaking of the doors, do, Mayor, do you have them scheduled for the summer concert series? <laughs> I wanted to. Um, I was going to go to Camp
2: Chesterfield and do some seance <laughs> and see if I could bring a few of them in, um, but uh, no, but we do have uh, we do a great uh, summer concert series coming up. Um, as you know, we've really put a lot of emphasis on our downtown. Uh, we brought a lot of new businesses in and so forth. Last year, we brought the skating rink in, and this year was our second year for it. That's really been a great thing. But now we've moved on, we think. Well, I heard the weather report while ago. I'm not sure if we've moved on <laughs> from winter yet, but we're trying to move on from winter. And uh, when we get into, uh, uh, as we move into the spring, of course, you've got to plan these things out in advance. Uh, so we went ahead and, and got our uh, uh, concert set up. Of course, you have to contract with these different companies and so forth uh, that are going to be there. But our first concert will be June 5th of this year. We have expanded it. We've added a couple of uh, uh, bands, uh, in addition to the ones we had last year in terms of numbers. And this year we're going to run it as late as October 2nd. We, we cross our fingers for uh, the weather. Uh, this last year we had, you'll remember, Randy, we had the good weather down there, good crowds uh, down Absolutely. at the Park. And then in addition to those, we'll also still be having a concert on July 3rd, which will be the night of our, our um, July 4th parade. So, the Speaker Independence Day Parade we will have on July 3rd. Of course, July 4th is Sort of traditionally a big parade over in Chesterfield, and we like to work closely with our sister communities here to make sure that we don't step on each other because we, it's important that folks get a chance to enjoy all these different venues. And so we'll be doing ours on July 3rd. We'll also have a, a concert going on with Corey Cox that night, um, and, uh, and we're also like we did last year, we'll have some events for kids and everything too. So and, and fireworks
0: again. So it's going to be a pretty neat summer, you know. Uh, I want to tell people about that summer concert series and since you've been mayor, it's it's grown and grown and grown. And it seems like uh, we're getting bigger and bigger and bigger crowds downtown for the summer concert series. So I think it's been a, a, a very successful, uh, very uh, very successful event, and more and more people are finding out about it, and more and more people are coming.
2: Yeah, we're getting the big crowds. I, I've talked to a lot of folks that are coming from out of town now. I'm uh, just trying story. I ran into a couple one day, this is a midsummer last year, and they were telling me how excited they were about what was going on, and that they had actually moved to Anderson, that they had seen some things going on here, and they were real excited about it. They said they had moved from here. I said, Where'd you move from? They said caramel, and I. <laughs> I wanted to say, hang on, I want to write this down, you know. But that, but but, Anderson's a great place to live. It's it's uh, it's a different lifestyle here because people are more homey, friendly. Um, there are these new opportunities that are coming around, and like I said, we do have this sort of this. Um, you know, this, this remaking, if you will, the downtown area and the community at large. And uh, I think all those things are, are really great for, the, for all of us that are here now, but also will serve our future uh, generations well too.
0: Well, we put, on a, we put on a little thing on Facebook and we had over 60 members of Madison Heights High School classes 73, 74, and 75 that lived out of town come back and we all met downtown here for the summer concert series took a bunch of pictures, listened to music. I had you come over and say right. say hi to them. And So these are people from Anderson that now live in other places. Well, they came back for the summer concert series. We had an amazingly good time. Yeah, yeah
2: that, that was a neat night. I remember that real well. In fact, that was, uh, as you recall, they had a, was one of those deals where the, the uh, reunion had a couple of days set aside for different activities, and I got invited out to uh, Anderson High School. Um, to uh, meet and greet everybody I think the next day uh, at the uh, cafeteria out there and I got to meet a lot of the folks who were you know, from here previously, many of which I did know before, but some I didn't, uh, but they were really complimentary about what was going
0: on in Anderson. Hey, Roger, you're a Mass Heights guy, ain't you? A uh, junior high, Madison <laughs> Heights, junior high. I,
2: to, I graduated from Manhattan or something, but I didn't start. I knew, I knew that. Seven I just went eight, and... So I, 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 hey, I, I've still got a pirate shirt. I can't, I can't
0: get into it, but I got it. That, that's the same way with me, Mayor. I've got i I've got my old, uh, M, M, shirt, M sweater from Madison Heights, but I sure can't fit it anymore. There you
3: go. Now, Mayor, you touched on it a little bit while ago about the ice skating rink. What kind of success has that been over the last two years?
2: Oh, uh, again, it's exceeded expectations. Uh, It's something I always wanted to do. Um, It was obviously sort of a big undertaking, but we went ahead and and sort of took the leap of faith and and brought it in. We came in at the very end of 2018. We wanted to get it in around November. Uh, We got hung up in, uh, it came from Spain, believe it or not. It got hung up in in customs. We finally got it here in December of that year and got it up and running. And uh, that particular year we had almost 8,000 people uh, take advantage of it. it. Some of them repeat, I'm sure, but but we kept track of how many uh, folks were coming through, and then this year we had over 5,000. Of course, this, this you'll remember, obviously, as we all know that the season's been a little weird with the with the weather. You couldn't decide if it was spring or winter, and uh, but still, that was a big number. So basically, you know, 13,000 people in about 13 months going through that, and uh, the, the equipment's held up well. Uh, the young folks come. I went down there the first day they opened it, uh, right next to the building here, and uh, a couple of young boys came up. They said, I mean, I'm talking about young boys, you know, like eight or nine years old. Oh, you're the mayor. And I, I, I said, Yeah, I am. They go, You remember us? We were here last year.
0: I said, <laughs> I said, I do remember you guys.
2: So hey. I, I took their pictures and stuff. But everybody, they enjoy us. It. A lot of fun. Of course, we bring Santa down too. We have the Santa house. We did a lot of toy giveaway this year as we did last. We, re- we did more decorations downtown than we had last year, and we're gonna do more next year. So we're looking on just building upon these successes and continuing to make every, you
0: know, everything really a, a, great, a, a great opportunity for folks to enjoy themselves. Just, just one thing in addition to what we've said about the ice rink and everything, I want to give a little shout out to Tom Tackett and the guys that, that put this thing up. You know, these unsung heroes uh, uh, here in Anderson that are doing this work out there and everything. Yeah, in the cold, we, in the rain. Like I said earlier, at the onset, it takes a team. We have
2: a, we have 600-some people work for the city. They all work hard. They try to do a good job for the citizens. Uh, Tom is certainly a great example of that. He's been part of the city for many, many years. And uh, Pete, Tom and his department work really hard because we have a new park superintendent, Jayma Donovan. And is a longtime member of our community, and, and uh, she's doing a great job in, in picking up the mantle and leading, leading the park department, too, along with our park board. We have a really good park board. And uh, these guys all work together to, to help make all this work. And and you're right, I remember the first time we got that skating rink here, we had to put it up and put it together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. And it was cold, as can gonna be out there, and it was hard to get it snapped together. They finally did. And uh, these guys, uh,
0: they do a good job. They work hard and they enjoy doing what they do. And you know, a lot of city employees come down to the park and put up their Christmas lights. And that's really like a little, I don't know, like a little social event I, I, when they come and put the lights up and everything. It's a good time. Everybody's having a good time I love
2: decorating it. the park. I love it, we had, yeah, this year we had water department, water pollution, street department, police department, uh, uh, power and light, all those folks pooling together, parks, of course, everybody pooling together to, to make all that work. And of course it gets everybody in the in spirit. And at the same time, people drive by and they recognize it's, it's all the folks in the community working together to make the community a better place to live.
3: Now, one last question, Mayor. Yes, sir. Over your last four years, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment or accomplishments?
2: I think that that's a good question, hard to answer. Uh, we've talked about some of the things we've done, and of course, there's a whole lot more. that you, you know We take uh, hours and probably everybody fall asleep. Uh, there's so many things we have done, accomplished in different, different projects and so forth. I think, to me, I look more at the, the in terms of my proudest uh, accomplishments, so to speak, is the results of what we've done, all these different things that we've done working together. And, and the result that I see that I'm proud of uh, is sort of the, the uh, excitement and the re-energizing of, of folks, how they feel about their community and the pride that they have in their community. And the people now are excited to be able to say that, hey, uh, Anderson's my home, I'm proud of it, I'm proud to be from Anderson. And I think just that energy and that excitement and bringing everything back to life, if you will, has been my, uh, I guess what I'm proudest about. And it just reminds me a lot about how it was when I was a kid living here. And I hope we can continue to build up on that for our future generations.
3: There you heard it from Anderson's Mayor, Thomas Broderick Jr. Well, Mayor, I'd like to thank you for being on the program
0: with us this evening. And uh, we're going to extend you an invitation to come back anytime that you're uh, able to come back and visit with us. Uh, we enjoy having you on the program. I think uh, you've uh, related a lot of information to our listeners that they may have known or they may not have known, but you're right. I sense a different feeling in Anderson where people are starting to take pride in this community again. And that hasn't been there for a long time. And I and I and I, and I since you've been mayor, I can I can see us turning the corner and and, and getting ready to uh, make some much bigger things and better things happen here in Anderson.
2: Well, thank you again. Thank you for the invitation. I'll certainly be happy to to come back and talk some more. And thank you to all of you guys for everything you're doing here to help get out the message of all the great things going on in our community.
0: Now, one thing we do every week, we've got uh, Indiana Fun Facts on the program. We try to give you a little bit of a a, a fun fact about Indiana. And Brad, what's our Indiana Fun Fact this week?
3: Well, the one today is I I traveled up there and I bought a, a dining room table up northeast Indiana, which is Amish country. Indiana up around Geneva and Bern has one of the largest Mennonite congregations in the United States. Yes, sir. and um, and if you go up there, I mean it's like you're in a different country. I mean here they are riding their horse and buggies down the road. You see the you see a schoolhouse here then a mile down the road there's another schoolhouse. you know it's just completely different and they're, they're, they're forbidden to drive cars. We all know that. They can't use electricity. They're, they're uh, forbidden to go to any public places of entertainment. Yes. And uh, it's, ju- it's just a completely different world. We buy, we buy furniture off of them, off of Emma and Josiah. And I know they're not listening. <laughs> I, I don't think they they're listening. They, they, they could be listening, but <laughs> I, I don't think they are. But it's, it's, if, if you can ever get up that way and drive through those uh, county roads up through there, it's just unbelievable, isn't it, Drew? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anywhere from Middlebury on east, across northern Indiana, Elkhart, LaGrange, Kosciusko, Noble, all those counties through there, the large Mennonite population, and, and and you'll you what you'll see up there is a lot of white houses with black shutters. And that's <laughs> it, it's a they,
3: completely different world. Yeah, it really is.
1: My ex is from Auburn, just north of Fort Wayne, and his grandpa actually, um, he's a chauffeur, he drives Amish. Um, people around around. gets them to work in different places um yeah so you know like you said they can't drive and there's from their buggies they have grooves in the road if you've ever driven on the road you can see the grooves from their buggies that go along well we seen
3: (laughs) run one of them run off the road we was i don't know know what they were into that day but
0: and if you've never been to das dutchman's essenhaus which translates to the dutch eating house you've never been to that middlebury indiana take the time to go to Mer- Middlebury, uh, up there on Highway 13, uh, north of, north of uh, uh, Tosiasco County, where Lake Tippecanoe and Wallace are and everything, go up to Middlebury, go to Das, das Dutchman's Essenhaus, <laughs> and I guarantee you, if you don't like food, I'll pay for you the bill that you <laughs> have there. It's a, it's a great place to go have, have dinner or lunch, whatever.
3: Now, so, now, we know what every Amish woman's dream is, don't we? What's that? That's two men a night. <laughs> 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 All right, now we're going to... Je- Jesse has a little things um, ready for us for the Blizzard of 78.
1: Now, I don't remember this. I wasn't born yet, but I'm assuming the three of you have fond yep, memories yep. of the Blizzard of 78.
3: Not
0: fond.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not fond. <laughs> we have
2: memories. <laughs> I would like
1: to see something like this. And I know you guys think I'm probably crazy, but I love extreme weather, so... Um, you know, I, I would enjoy this. So I do want to ask you guys and I want you guys though, any anything out here that you guys might know or may not know, but what are the three conditions that constitute a blizzard? Anyone have any guesses? Wind. Wind. Okay. Visibility. Visibility. uh Uh-huh.
0: And precipitation.
1: No. So that's, that's the one thing that most people think but you don't have to actually have fallen precipitation, like, it, you know. It can um, have already fallen. It can already be on the ground, right? right. So um, really what, what it is, it's winds over 30, 35 miles per hour um, and that has to be sustained for over three hours. Uh-huh. So um, you have to have that time frame, and the visibility has to be within um, under a quarter of a mile. Okay. Um, to constitute a severe blizzard, which the Blizzard of '78 was, um, the winds have to be over 45 miles per hour. Visibility near zero and temperatures um, below 10
0: degrees Fahrenheit and that so, so that was qualified. Out
1: that night. Visibility yes. for me was about four <laughs> of of inches. inches. Yeah. Okay.
3: Um. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give
0: you a memory of the blizzard. Yes, please. So I had a 1977 K5 blazer where my dad had it and he let me drive it and everything like that. And I knew some kids in South Edgewood. We were all out of school and everything. So I'm gonna go there. Okay and I make my way down uh, West 25th Street to Park Road. And I can look south on Park Road, mm-hmm. and it's one lane for as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. And the snow is piled <laughs> on each side of the road, 35 feet mm-hmm. tall. It was like driving through a tunnel. Wow. That's my, that's my- that's amazing. that <laughs> state That memory has <laughs> stayed with me all these years. And I mean, yeah. when I say one lane, I'm saying, you got to keep your car going straight, or you're going to be bumping into the sides. It wasn't; wow. it was just somebody had had gotten one lane down through there, and you had to look far down the road, and make sure nobody was coming, right? And then like a th- tunnel. That, that yeah. was your That was your
3: turn. Yeah, and That wow.
0: condition stayed like that for a little while because they piled all that up, and took forever for it
2: to
3: melt. And see, my yeah. uncle, which Uncle Bob, our uncle, <laughs> you and I, uncle, he worked at the state highway, and I remember he did not come home for a week.
1: Wow. He was at the state Miss highway McKay. for a week state yeah, highway they, they would
3: sleep there they would go to work they wow. would sleep there and go to work and you know and and I could my recollection of this is,
0: it snowed five inches the first day, nine inches the second day, and 10 inches the third day. So we got like 24, 24 inches of snow in a three day period with all this wind and yeah. sub-zero temperature. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah there the, were the, nurse, the reserve, the Army Reserve were
2: out picking folks up using military uh, vehicles mm-hmm. and trails like And snowmobiles
0: vehicle. were everywhere. You didn't <laughs> know that there was this many snowmobiles <laughs> in Anderson, they were everywhere. They just came out of the woodwork. The
1: drifts were as
3: tall as people's roofs. Yeah. Yeah? yeah.
1: Well, and and you know, this happened not only in Indiana, but six different states. So Illinois, Kentucky, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio. I think got hit the worst out of everything. You can imagine if it was as bad as it was here. They got it worse it than was we even did. Worse In Ohio, um, and even up into parts of Canada. So this uh, began as just um, a, a pretty simple storm system, something that we would see in the springtime with severe weather, um, it just so happened that we had a very strong polar jet that came from Canada um, with very, very strong winds um, up in the upper parts of the atmosphere, um, and this produced a rapid cyclogenesis, which is called bombogenesis, and I don't know if you guys have heard that on the news lately, they, they've they been talking about it a little bit with previous, or with recent storms, and this happened in Hurricane Sandy, where um, the um, pressure in the storm drops, um, at least 24 millibars in the 24-hour period. Um, this actually dropped 40 millibars wow. in 24-hour period, which is very, very rare. Um, and um, this actually, I think, attributed to around 70 deaths region-wide, um, with basically the people not, you know, having electricity, being stuck out in the cold. Um, Surprises and- that few deaths. Mayor, ha-
0: mayor, do we have a a, a plan? That, that we put into action should we get a, a big storm like that? Do we have a citywide plan? Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a couple, three different plans for
2: different contingencies depending on what you know, sort of catastrophe there is. Obviously snow, even mild snow like we just had yesterday, we have a plan where we trigger, you know, folks to go out and start, you know, the plowing and so forth. We just don't rely on individual workers to look out the wind and say, I probably should go to work. <laughs> so uh, we have that going on. And then if it gets so deep, then we also uh, trigger out what we call the snow brigade, which goes out into the neighborhoods. We don't hit the neighborhoods. People ask about, about that a lot. We don't hit the neighborhoods unless it gets at least three inches or more. And the reason for that is because if you, if you scrape uh, just a two inch, say, snow off the ground, that will almost become slicker than just, you know, packing mm-hmm. snow. And so you got to be careful that it not create even worse condition. Uh, but as far as these more traumatic type of events, we have um, emergency plans in place that, that works with the different law enforcement agencies uh, as well as emergency management, uh, which is part of now Homeland Security uh, since 9-11. And uh, they all get energized, and then, and then there's, you know, meeting places and you know, different people are in charge of different aspects of it and so forth. That way they don't cross... Cross paths, and uh, and then uh, we, you know we, we conduct the operations again depending upon uh, of what it is. Either it could be out the dispatch center uh, that we have now that we have as a joint operation with the county and city, uh, or uh, also we have a, a place at the Anderson Police Department where we have a kind of a situation room, kind of a place that, that people can meet and operate out of. So. Um, there's those types of uh, contingency plans, and then of course there's always plans for things that are even worse than that that we won't talk about. So, uh, <laughs> but, but we do have we do have plans in place that uh, hopefully
0: we could, we would be able to rise the occasion. Good, good, good. Glad to hear that. So. Uh, Jesse, anything else to add?
1: Yeah, so I just wanted to kind of go over a few of the things that happened here um, in Indiana. We saw peak winds of 55 miles per hour during the blizzard, um, temperatures around zero, but the wind chills were actually around negative 40, negative 50. So if you guys can remember that with those those strong winds, Um, it was the first time that Notre Dame ever shut down classes um, in school history. It was the third lowest measured pressure in U.S. history outside of a tropical storm or hurricane. Um, And there are two records that remain today, and that is 20 inches of snowpack and 3.8 inches of monthly snowfall. So we still, to this day, years later, not hit those records.
0: Well, thank you, Jesse, for all that information on on the blizzard. And so uh, now we come to... one of my favorite segments of the show—it's called Randy's Rant. This is not the opinion of the program or our guests or anything, but we're going to talk about something today, and I'm going to rant a little bit about this. I'm going to, I'm going to get on my own people a little bit. The Iowa Democratic Party—you had one job to gather the data and return and turn in the results for the, Demo- the Pre- Democratic Presidential Primary in Iowa and you blew it. You only had one job, this is all you had to do. Count the votes and tell us what they were and they couldn't get this done. You know, it seems to me, the more technology we use in elections, the more things get messed up. Maybe we should just go back just to paper ballots, put the paper ballot in there, it gets counted by somebody and then we give the totals out and make it as simple as possible without all these new apps and voting machines and what have you. So my rant for today is, Iowa, what happened? You blew it. So I want to again thank Mayor Tom Broderick for being on the program with us tonight. I want to thank Jesse for all her insightful information about the weather and also the blizzard of 78. And I want to thank my buddy Brad for being here who uh, makes this program possible in so many ways. And so uh, Folks, make sure you tune in next week. You never know who's going to be on the program. And baby, this is the old left-hander. I'm rounded third, headed for home.